Welcome to Faith, Reason, and Geekdom. I'm Roger. My brothers and sisters in Christ join us every Thursday as we work out these three perspectives in our everyday lives. Welcome back. Thank you guys, everybody who's listening. Join us. Hope you had a blessed week, blessed month. And speaking of blessed, one of his taglines, which I love, uh, we have the great father, Brandon Berg. How's it going? Hey, Roger. Thanks for having me on the show. I am, uh, yeah, blessed beyond belief. Uh, what, what's the tagline or catchphrase, <laughs> well, I guess? Yeah, right sure. catchphrase. That's a... <laughs> but if you ask me how I'm doing, I like to say I'm having the best day ever. Yes. there. You, oh, that's what, yes. Yeah. Best day ever. Yes. Yeah, I was thinking of, 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 I don't know why I said blessed day ever, but that's the same sure. thing. I like that too. Yeah. <laughs> the blessed day ever or best day ever. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I love that catchphrase. I got to come up Thanks, with some, bro. some catchy, yeah. <laughs> good catchphrases, you know, you have Superman up, up and away and you have mm. Batman's, uh, I guess I'm Batman's his catchphrase, you know, superheroes mm. have the great, great father Brandenburg has his yes. catchphrase and I love it. <laughs> I do. Thank you. Yeah. And we're going to need that too, because we're going to, speaking of your best day ever, uh, we want people to have the best life ever uh, in Mm. YOLO, but like the good way, not the, the, you know, not the, the modern, modern uh, live your best life, only live once and do whatever you want. Mm. Um, God wants us to have the best day. Um, And honestly, you you know, it's going to sound weird. I guess it's that old, you know, myth, um well some catholics fall into it i guess that's why it's a the thing right it's uh it's one of those what do they say like um um there's a, a dad attached of a little bit of truth in it uh but of course it gets exaggerated but like the catholic guilt thing right you always hear that catholic guilt stuff and mm-hmm. uh to be honest i kind of had that like where i really didn't leave like maybe i thought but then like deep down inside like was a wrong way to think but i was kind of like i don't know if god wants me to be happy like i don't know if mm. if i'm you know that's a weird and then people started telling me people that i trust um that are very theologically uh orthodox uh you know they're not doing crazy they're like oh well the eucharist is this or or oh no that's okay no like people i trust um and then digging into um of course the fathers and other people that written books uh you really start to hear it's like no actually god does want you to be happy he wants you to be healed uh, in the right way, right? In the godly way. This isn't the selfishness, and we're going to get into that. So, uh, Father Brandon Berg, uh, would you tell people too that maybe they're not uh, kind of more familiar um, with you and you do the little, you're doing the ministries, uh, the confessional, right? The confession ministry. Could you tell them a little bit about, about that, that, that they're not familiar with that? And how does that work and the healing that goes on that you've seen personally? Sure. Yeah. Good question. Um, what, what I've learned about confession, um, is that if you look up, uh, in the catechism about the sacrament of confession, it's not under the sacraments of forgiveness. Mm. There, there aren't any sacraments of forgiveness. It's under mm. the sacrament of healing. Now it does bring us forgiveness, but it's also deeper than that. And that God wants to bring us healing. And I think an analogy that that I often tell people, and that's really helped me understand my own confessions too, is uh, going to confession is like going to see a doctor. And if you don't tell the doctor what hurts, the doctor has a hard time helping you. So I like to say it's both. 
we need the list a b c one two three i've done this six times i've done that four times i've done this three times but also deeper uh i'm carrying around wounds from my not having a father figure uh i'm carrying around lust from years of of doing the wrong things i'm carrying around ego because i think i'm so much better than everybody else like so we need the actions and their numbers but we also need the deeper kind of stuff that that really pains us that gives us uh pain that uh showing our wounds to the doctor so that the doctor can heal us and that's one of the other main things that the uh, sacrament of confession does is to bring us grace so i like to say we want to show the doctor the most about our wounds that he can so that he can put his grace right in there and to know what kind of grace to give us um yeah and i think the uh, you know you know confession is powerful when the tears start coming mm. um and just just giving that opportunity for people to to be honest with themselves and with the Lord, uh, to to let the tears uh, purify and heal them. And I think we one of the beautiful things about confession is sometimes we know our sins, but we don't want to admit them to ourselves. Yeah. And then when we can admit them to ourselves and to God, and then hear the words of forgiveness and, and feel the healing effects of His healing grace, I think. It's a big part of our our continuing conversion as as Catholic Christians. Father Berg, you said something. You said that healing. I can give a testimony about having tears flowed like rivers, mm. just in some, and not every single time. Could you kind of touch on that? That sometimes our our little again the 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 theme like of of kind of like shame and self doubt and self hatred or self loathing. Um, of not being healed, sometimes I'd be like, oh, oh, I didn't cry this time. That means it didn't work. Could you kind of explain, flush that out a little bit between that? Does it always need to be an emotional tears or? No, definitely not. I mean, uh, emotions are good. Uh, um, emotions are, are not good. Emotions are. <laughs> yes. Uh, they can are. either feel comfortable or feel uncomfortable. Uh, emotions come, emotions go. We're happy. We're sad. We're lonely. We're we're busy. We're we're slow. We're whatever we are, um, and those can accompany confession, uh, but but we we trust in the action of God, right? We don't trust in our emotions. So sometimes, if 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 it's very apparent that God is working, and and we've confessed some great sin, and we felt His healing grace. Yeah, we're 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 gonna shed a tear. We're gonna get emotional. Uh, some people are very sensitive to to Jesus, and and they know how much that He loves them, and they have uh, deep relationships with Him. And then when they confess the ways that they've offended Him or hurt Him, it, but none of those the tears are not what we're seeking for. <laughs> right, what we're right. seeking what we're seeking for is to to ask the Holy Spirit to help us to know our sins, to to confess them as clearly and precisely. Uh, uh, as we can without unnecessary details and then let the Lord's grace take over. Yeah. Great, great freedom can come from that. Uh, people, I, I know I leave confession with my, sometimes my feet don't even touch the ground for a while, you know, metaphorically, <laughs> it just, you just feel yeah. so light and so good. Uh, you feel so close to the Lord that um, yeah, you're, you're ready to go again and keep on your Christian walk. So yeah, sometimes emotions accompany confessions, but we don't want to manufacture them if they're not there. We don't want to fake it if it's not there, and we're not seeking for that. But sometimes the the two are in tandem, where where great healing is accompanied by by a great outpouring of emotion. Great. So this sacrament 
has the power it's not based on us or based on the priest because some people would say well what if the priest isn't a holy priest or what is it this what if you know but i like that that our the way the sacraments work it's not based on the priest or it's not based on us as if we have to be holy um as long as you do it in the right form right like baptism you baptize it doesn't matter if, if the priest is, is in mortal sin if he does the because some people um, had that group of velocity like oh man what if i went and and I, it wasn't real confession it wasn't a real reconciliation or i wasn't mm -hmm. really you could get into that but i love how the church says that's independent of of the moral status of of either people as long as you're doing it right so what i hear is trust god in his sacraments you actually you showed up so that means you really mean it right you showed up you you have your uh, the act of contrition you examine your conscience and you trust in the church of the sacraments that god gave the keys and the power and the priests that that do the right form uh regardless of uh tears or not tears regardless on the moral status of of priests whoever is giving the confession so that's very good um, and in your experience too, because you were, and, and I know you were doing in Denver, y'all had to, well, I like that you said, was it almost, uh, you guys did what, 16 hours or straight, like in a mall, right? Like of confessions? Yeah, we have a, we're famous for in Colorado Springs. We have a, a chapel yes. at the Citadel Mall uh, called the Catholic Center. <laughs> and uh, what do we have? I don't think it's 16 hours a day. I think it's 12 hours a day. Oh. What do we open? <laughs> That's a lot. Maybe, They're gonna be like, yeah. well, it's not that. It's not six. That's too, uh, only twelve. <laughs> maybe, I was like, whoa, maybe that's it's still a lot. <laughs> it may it may actually only be ten. We open yeah, it. That's still ten a.m. and close it eight or is it nine? Anyways, yeah, it's a good bit of long time. Long time. And long time. Yeah, there can be some long shifts, but um, yeah, it really is a good place for. I I was sent there just after my first year of priesthood, and I'd only heard a few confessions. I mean, some. Don't get me wrong, but. At my parish where I was in Denver, I had had some confessions, but not not hours and hours of daily confessions. Yeah. And then I got to go to this ministry in Colorado Springs and, yeah, really sort of uh, sharpened the axe or cut my teeth or went to the wood shop, you know, and gained a lot of confidence and, and a lot of appreciation for, for the healing and the power of the sacrament of confession. Um, I was listening to this podcast and they were talking about how uh, we can be scrupulous, right? Our the the way we are, um, and we're like, hey, um, am I am I doing it right? Or like, is, does God love me? Does God am I forgiven? Am I not forgiven? You know, scrupulosity it's it could mm -hmm. be um it could be crippling. And I know sometimes I struggle with that. But I want to mm -hmm. play this clip. Uh, it's from a past episode, an older episode with uh, Pine Snow Aquinas with Matt Frad and uh, Father Gregory Pine. And I want to play this clip, and then we kind of could talk about it afterwards. More holy, mm -hmm. but this seems to be something I'm encountering people more often. And then my fear is that all this kind of re-emphasis on hell and um, which again is hell exists. People go to hell, all of that. But my fear is that it's just crippling people and, and kind of preventing them from encountering the love of the Lord. So yeah, what kind of advice do you give to those who come to you with scrupulosity? I have thoughts. Here we go. So I think that God illumines our conscience in a kind of promissory note. So he, he shows you certain limitations, certain defects, but with the intention of healing those things and of kind of growing you beyond them. And I think that sometimes the illumination of conscience will outpace the working of grace 
in the sense that we become more acutely aware of our faults, our limitations, but without the complementary or like the, the companion sense that there's a grace that's operative in our life, which grace can heal us, which grace can elevate us. Mm -hmm. And as a result of which there's a kind of despair that sets in. And as, you know, like as a way to confront it, we try to exercise control over the, just the knowing of our conscience, since we feel like there's no control over the, the genuine healing and elevating beyond the limitations. So my general sense is when talking about the life of sin and the life of virtue by which it ought to be replaced, I think it's better to think about it as not so much a rooting out as it is a kind of crowding out. So if you focus on rooting out sin from your life, it can be a thankless task or a potentially infinite burden to bear because there's always the weeds will always crop up if you think about just weeding your garden they're just yeah. they're just going to keep coming until such time as you fill those beds with big beautiful flowers with whatever perennials and annuals with a variety and a mixture of good things that make it so that the soil is being drawn upon for the reasons it was made yeah uh, rather than just kind of laying fallow and then you just find all these dandelions or mulberry trees and things mm. just kind of filling it out because if you just focus on pulling it out, pulling it out, pulling it, that's all you end up doing. I think I've shared this with you too. And, and other times that we've talked, it's like, man, this thing of like, you keep pulling the weeds out. Right. And I, I, I come to realize that it's pride that says, how dare I, why am I not perfect? And I find mm -hmm. it's as crazy as that sounds. I feel getting angry at myself because I'm not a saint. Right. And there's kind of like, a, oh, we should strive to be a saint. Of course, I'm not saying give up. We, we should, it's always, we're always on the way, right? Always on the way. And it's so hard. And I've realized that it's pride that I know I'm never going to be uh, perfect and a non-sinner. Uh, but I want to be, like, I want to be like a saint, which is good. But then I can beat myself up. It's like, it's just pulling the weeds and pulling the weeds. Um, and there's a lot of good things they shared in there. But how is that? Do you see people in your experience? Are they do they tend to be on the presumptuous side, like where they're like, oh, this is not a sin or outcome confession, and uh, you know I'm good, or is it more of that kind of like the despair, like man, I keep doing this sin, and what? Do, how do you see that? Sure, yeah, great question. Um, I mean, people are a spectrum, so it, mm -hmm. it's all out there somewhere. <laughs> Uh, I think I myself, I'm a little bit on the uh presumptuous side, I guess, mm -hmm. versus the scrupulous side. Presum, yeah. It, it, it's not like I, I, I want to call sin a sin, but I'm yes. also not on the side like everything is a sin. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I think sometimes people get relief by. Sometimes I'll laugh during confessions, you know, or <laughs> or <laughs> I'll, like... I'll, I'll I'll cause other people to laugh. And I think I don't know. I actually had a I was somewhere and things were going on, and some parent came up to me afterwards, and she's like, "Oh, thank you for laughing. My daughters love their confession with you because you laughed." And I was like, "Oh, that's good." I <laughs> anyway. So, but but here's the. The other side is is scrupulosity is real and it does cripple people and it's the most confusing thing I've ever dealt with. Uh, I think partly because I don't understand it because mm. I'm on more on the other side. Got it. Got but it. Um, yeah, and I and I've heard lots of different advice and uh, it all makes sense, but none of it has ever seemed to help in my experience. But you know, I don't have the most experience, so I'm sure it does eventually. God's grace, of course, works. 
Uh, but what I want to say, uh, I really like the idea of like not rooting out sin, but crowding it out with goodness. Mm. I, uh, I often, I don't, I don't know where I got it from, but I often talk about the same idea, but in my own way, I say, uh, nature abhors a vacuum. Yeah. So if you have a lot of sin in your life, you can't just take it out. Something's got to fill up that space, mm. right? There, there, there's no place in nature where nothing is, right? Everything is full of something, <laughs> yeah, right? That's true, yeah. So you, so I often tell people like, imagine like yourself, like just why, just think about anything. Like, do you want to be an astronaut? Do you want to play a banjo? Do you want to make candles? Do you want to, I don't even, you know, anything like, yeah. and then go about filling up your life. And do you want to write letters? Do you want to work with kids? Whatever it is. And then go and like, yeah, fill up your life with that good stuff. And then eventually you just, it's all, your life is all full of good stuff and you don't even have time for sin. You don't even think about it anymore because you're so busy, like fulfilling your dreams and, and helping people and yeah, planting big, beautiful flowers instead of just bending over and being angry and rooting out sin. So I really like the way he described it. And yeah, that touched, touched the base with me in, in a sort of similar idea that I describe in my own words. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's in the Gospels too, right? Is that that why when the demons get cleared out, right? They said if they get cleared out, but then they'll come back with more, right? They're a gang of their friends. Hey, guys, let's go over here. And they'll come out if it's not filled, mm -hmm. right? You can't just empty the home. You have to fill it with Jesus. God is going to, if you invite God in, it's kind of dangerous, right? They say in a good way, uh, like the lion. I love that. Was it the Narnia? In the Narnia, uh, the lion, the witch in the wardrobe, when mm -hmm. there's one line about Aslan, the lion, and they're like... um. I think somebody says, well, about the lion, they're like, is, is he, is, what did he say? Oh. Is he dangerous? And he's like, of course he's dangerous. He's a lion, but he's good, <laughs> right. but right. he's good. Yes. So I, and exactly. that reminds That's me cool. of like, God, when you open, it's dangerous because Jesus doesn't just want to come into your heart and change. You know, we're going to get rid of this, but he's going to interior. He's like the best interior designer, right? He's going to go in there like, oh, okay, the feng shui, if you will, of all this stuff. He's going to move things. He's going to move furniture. He's going to get rid of this, put this couch. That's Grant TV. Maybe it's another TV, you know, and you're like, whoa, 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 Jesus, I just wanted you to come in here to move this, not <laughs> change the whole house and dwell. Mm -hmm. uh, but that's the dangerous good of the lion, right? Mm -hmm. And it, that's in the Gospels. It's like... Um, there's another thing too that I've heard from somewhere. I think it was a Jocko Willings book. I don't think it was him, but I think he got it from some other philosopher, but Jocko Willings, a Navy SEAL. And, and I think it's called discipline equals freedom. And in that mm -hmm. book, um, he says something about like, again, not contribute to him. Uh, but I remember that book recently, you don't just get rid of a habit. You have to replace it with the good habit. Don't just get rid of it. You have to replace it with a good you know, or like, don't think of pink elephants. Everybody thinks about pink elephants. So what do you do? <laughs> Not think about it. No, no, no. What you do is you think about blue elephants, right? Like replace it, replace it. Um, and I, I love that what you said. So you and, and Father Gregory Pine like, have the same wavelength or or maybe it's the the, the wisdom that you guys got to, to recognize that. And I kind of wanted to talk about an, a, a sin specifically. Uh, we can't touch on all of them. We'll be here all day, right? Our human, all the brokenness. Uh, but I wanted to hit on a few. And, and one of them is is a sexual sin, as in a lot of men go struggle with, and actually women too. There's there's been a rise, and uh, some people are speaking out about it and saying, "Hey, it's not just men, unfortunately." But um, w watching a pornography, um, stuff like that, you know, and, and going into confession and oh, you know, Father, you know, I masturbated this and I keep doing this and this sin. Um, 
I've heard it described, and we'll play a clip in a little bit, uh, about it being self-harm, that it's a form of self-harm because everyone knows the shame, right? The shame of after it, you know it's wrong, and then, oh, man, I did it again. Like, I'm not going to do it, and then, oh, I did it again. The, that hole could weigh you down, and that's something a lot of young men struggle with, uh, young men, older men, middle in. Um, is that like a big thing in, in confessions? Um, do you hear the the brokenness of the people that time and time again, like, Father, I keep doing this thing. I can't get rid of it. Sure. Yeah. I mean, there's two problems there. The one is repeated sins. Yeah. And then why do we keep doing, you know, a thing that we say we're never going to do again? And the other one is sexual sins, which are often repeated. So, yeah, they both. Uh, yeah. Like you said, people are struggling today for sure. Yeah. And with the digital era, right? It's just, it's everywhere. And it's something that people have to uh, be gentle with. And I was listening to another podcast. And in this one, they had um, a, a good, it's it's called the Catholic Psych Team. It, it's mm -hmm. very, very good. And I like a lot of the things that they're saying. And they talk about a shame cycle. And in the shame cycle, you see the problems and it could really weigh people down a lot. It's a big thing to deal with. So I'm going to play a little clip and we can kind of talk about, uh, uh, go into it further. And I always felt like I was, I was one walk by a laptop away from being immortal sin and going to hell for all eternity. So there was this constant fear in me. And the way, um, this priest kind of explained it to me, he said, he told the story of St. Francis of Assisi where he embraced the leper. And he said, imagine you're Francis, an aristocrat, a, you know, a knight wannabe, like you're on the horse, you're rich, you're all the things that everyone, that you think everyone wants you to be. And you're riding on your horse and you encounter the leper. And the leper's in the ditch and he's disgusting, he's decaying right in front of your eyes and all this stuff. Francis got off the horse and he kissed the leper. And he's like, what if the leper represents your addiction, your darkness, the things about yourself that you absolutely hate? Mm. And what if the man on the horse represents your vision of, of what you want your life to be and sometimes what you pretend you are, but you're really not? Hmm. And he said, and the problem with the guy on the horse is he's an arrogant bastard. And the problem with the, the leper on the ground is that he's enslaved to his vices. But you know what being enslaved in this leper, you know, model, he's like, that slave, uh, that enslaved leper, he's humble. And that... The, the man who has is free of these vices of, 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 of sin and, and pornography and whatever, that guy, he's proud. So the proud man needs to embrace the humble leper, and the proud man becomes humble, and the leper becomes, you know, virtuous or the knight or whatever. Yeah, I think that's powerful stuff because they go into, and again, I'll put the links and everything, um, the doctor... And they talk about how you have to embrace. And you know what? It almost sounds funny. It sounds weird because it's almost like that movie. What's the movie? The the, the Pixar Disney movie about feelings. Um, remember, oh. like the little girl, she has the feelings. Mm -hmm. um, it, it's very good. It's like not happy. Um, yeah, I got it. But it's the the Pixar movie. Um, and she's like, oh, that's sad. Remember the little blue girl? She's always sad and she's pressing and they're like, no, you're bad. You're bad. And we talked about how C.S. Lewis even talks about how like feelings are neither good or bad. They're neutral. They're like keys on a piano. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you need to hit certain notes. Even anger is not bad. Like the Lord was angry. Like we need righteous anger. We need to, to, to move us to help the innocent. Right. So, uh, it's just hitting it like notes, like playing music on a sheet. You're not just making noise. 
and it's like that Pixar movie. It's like we got to integrate. We got to have mercy for those parts of us that are broken, those parts of us that are like that. And so just from hearing that clip, like what can you elaborate a little bit more on um, um, with that? Because I think it's I think it's really healing stuff. I, I mean, I, obviously, as a Franciscan, I was struck by this uh, <laughs> this identification yeah. of, uh, you know, rich, pompous, perfect St. Francis on his horse. <laughs> yeah. You know, the pride of of our of our not committing sins versus the our our sinful, twisted, you know, yeah. addiction, enslavement, you know, the leper curled in the ditch on the ground. Um yeah, there is a I I guess that we all have someone we'd like to be or or someone who we think we are mm. or mm. or or masks that we wear but Yeah. Yeah, when we can that's what it's so good about confession it, it, it when we're honest is we meet our true self. And then you know when when we yeah, if we can embrace the our our addicted parts, our enslaved parts, and if we can wrap those up in in our own love and in our own acceptance, and then when God can bend over and and kiss that all and bless it and put money in its hand and send it on its way, then yeah, true healing can come. And yeah, that word integrated integration is is powerful to yeah to not hide these parts of ourselves and to not let in the leper take over or to not let the arrogant bastard on the horse, as <laughs> yep, he said, yep. take over, but, but to find that, uh, that medium place of, of healing and acceptance. Um, yeah, it's a great, that's a, that's a great vision for our, uh, our different journeys of healing. Yeah. That's a great thing to, to meditate on that too. Right. Like I'm probably going to, you know, next time do a rosary or pray, I think I'm going to meditate on that part of me that, that has that, um, the leopard part of me and then the pride remember like i talked about how like how dare i sin how me how do you know because uh, i could i could get like that and i think that's uh a, some at least personally what i deal with is like i can't believe i did this it's like no i should believe i did i'm a sinner like i should <laughs> believe that um and i think it's it's going like on, on the sexual sins uh maybe you're you're on the internet doing doing stuff you're not supposed to um and even um say on same steps uh same a same sex attractant uh, actions. Um, it's very tricky line because it's like, no, it's like everyone have stuff they're dealing with. Everyone's wired differently. Right. And that's why we say don't judge because you don't know how they were raised, what's they're wired. Um, but we need to make it clear. It's like, no, there are certain things that are sins and um, celebrating or enabling that, that hurts. That's not love. That's not love at all. That hurts people. And we need to call out, I think it's evil, like the, you know, transgender ideology and all the, the LGBTQ plus the ideology, I think it's evil. And in the justified way, we need to fight it tooth and nail. And at the same time, we have to separate, you know, it's the whole cliche. I'm going to say it, hate the sin, not the sinner. We have to understand that these people are are hurting their brothers and sisters and they're hurting. And I think um, not all of them, but I think there's a, a, a decent percentage that doesn't know the teaching on if I'm not talking about if you actively fantasize, that's different. But if you can't help, you know, images, thoughts, attractions pop in your head without your consent, like that helped me a lot when like temptations aren't sins. Again, if you dwell, do all that, but temptations aren't sins. 
And if there's somebody that like things pop in their head or like, why did I think about that? Why am I attracted to that? I don't want that is not a sin. And I think that can people that think like that, if they're young, even older, I think that shame can drive them to the arms of people who don't have the activists. Those are the ones I'm really targeting, the activists, all those people. But they need to realize that, no, that's not, that temptation is not sin. Like, it's the actions that are sinful, not just the thoughts that you have no control over or just pop in for whatever reason. Um, and that we need to integrate our, our sexual desires in the right way and that we're going to fall. And I think people need to realize that because I really do believe it shames people some people, it shames them into that lifestyle, you know? So we need a balance between not saying, oh, it's okay, not being with the world, right? Saying, oh, it's okay. But at the same time saying, no, you are you struggle with sins like just everyone else. And don't shame yourself into a hole. Um, what are, what's some practical uh, pastoral advice with dealing with that? I'm sure, you know, in, in confession, you've, you've had to deal with stuff similar or even uh, somebody making an appointment or like, hey, father, you know this, I'm... What what's some practical things of your wisdom from talking to people that people could do? Well, yeah, uh, I wouldn't call it my wisdom, um, but uh, I had actually heard it, uh, this advice from an older priest. And then I'm going to forget his name. It was something like St. Isaac of somewhere from around <laughs> 1000. And that was it. That was uh, St. Isaac of somewhere. Like he literally says it on his. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> from around 1000 uh, A.D. Uh, and he wrote about the same issue, so about temptations and how they're not sins. So uh, if any past image or or sexual temptation or thought comes into our head, uh, recognizing it is not the sin. The sin yeah. is either giving into it in, yes. in your thoughts and running with it, and then secondarily uh, accepting any physical or emotional yeah. pleasure from it. So in order to combat that, the first thing you do is as soon as you notice a thought that you don't want to have is uh, don't fret, but just ask the Lord to take it from you. Mm. Right. Uh, I like to say we need somebody stronger than ourselves. If it was up to us, we'd just take it away and it'd be no problem. But we need somebody stronger. So um, I, I like to call up personally upon God. Uh, Jesus, take this from me. Holy Spirit, help me. Of course, Mary is a powerful intercessor. You can call upon other saints to intercede for you to bring God's power and take that from you. And if it's particularly strong, if we're hungry, if we're angry, if we're lonely, if we're joyful, whatever it is in the, in the image kind of sticks and maybe, you know, the, well, what about this? And what about that? Or we get some kind of uh, physical or ego or uh, spiritual, even spiritual pleasure from it. Then the next thing we do is God, I don't accept this pleasure. Take it from me. I don't or want it. it. It's not from you. Yeah. Right. Yeah, sure. Any of those, any of that language and that, uh, keeps us from sin, even if we have to do it 10 times, 50 times, 100 times a day. If we're sincere about it and if we're honest, uh, it 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 uh, it avoids sin in those moments of temptation. And yeah. then I think the next thing that is still a mind blow uh, that I learned from watching a Father Ripiger video mm. is that the oftentimes... We'll question, you know, why why am I tempted like this, or why do I have this area of sin in my life, or oh, I'm so bad because I have all these temptations. And what Father Ripperger says is is exactly the opposite. Right? The <laughs> place that we're the the area that we're tempted in the most. Let's say you're always tempted to pride. Every single person you see, you think, oh, I'm better than them, and I sin less than them, and I've got more money, and I'm smarter, and I'm better looking. 
So the reason we have all those temptations is because God wants to bring us to the great virtue of humility. Yeah. Right. So if we're constantly tempted to sexual thoughts, like the guy was saying on the clip, I, I felt like I was one walk past a yeah. laptop away and mortal sin and burning in hell forever. Right. Yeah. If we have those strong temptations and this won't go away from us. It's not God's punishing us. It's God allowing those temptations to bring out some great, uh, well, I I wouldn't use that word. God allowing these temptations to bring out some great virtue in our life. Okay. So if we're constantly tempted by lust, it's because God wants us to be powerfully chased. Yeah. If we're constantly tempted to pride, it's because God God wants us to be incredibly humble. Mm. If we're constantly tempted to jealousy, it's because God wants us to be generous, right? Yeah. So in in the analogy is like weightlifting, right? Yeah. You, you don't That's get good. strong from just, you know, bench pressing the bar. <laughs> Pilates doesn't make right? you You got to put weights on like it, that. right? Yeah, you got to lift. <laughs> well, yeah, I think the Heavy resistance, weights. you know, the resistance analogy is really where it's at, right? You, you, If you want to get stronger, you have to resist more weight, right? Yeah. So God allowing this uh, weight of these temptations is so you can resist them and grow stronger in virtue. Mm. And I think when we can kind of turn that mindset, like uh, subvert the paradigm there, if you will, from I'm so bad, why do I have these temptations to like, thank you, God, for this temptation, you know, help me to accept it and resist it with your strength. Right. So that I can go stronger in the virtue that you were calling forth from me. So I've told that to people, too. And they've just I think it's it's really helped them to, yeah, just accept where they're at and to understand that God loves them and uh, is allowing those things for their growth and their good. I think people need to hear that. I don't really hear that. I'm gra- glad that you said that, Brother Brandon. There's some good practical, that's some practical things you can you think about, you can do. Like, hey, it's something I need to lift, lift the weights. Uh, but sticking mm-hmm. on that practicality and being pastoral with people, because again, um, shaming the people doesn't always work. You know, maybe there is, maybe there sometimes, you know, that because like coaches, you know, like you, you, you can't talk this way to, you know, I'm just going to make it, you know, Michael Jordan versus um, Steve Kerr, you know, you have to, yeah, of course, every now and then, but um, you can't, that doesn't work for everyone, right? You can't just shame them. Um, that, that doesn't work. So being pastoral is walking with people, right? And so sticking on that issue, what about people that struggle with anger? anger out of control you know they they blow up they're like, i'm not gonna let this guy get away with this he cut me off how dare <laughs> you know your your kid or your wife did something and like what's thinking on the same thing what what can you tell them about that who who struggle with the the, the sin of of, sure. of uh, unjustified anger i guess I right say. yeah it's a good that's a good distinction yes yeah i mean it's, it's the same answer right you know if we're constantly tempted to anger it's because god is trying to call forth great peace mm, in our lives patience yeah um so how do we get there is the question, right? So uh, I think even something as simple as driving. So when you want to hit that accelerator and, and and show that guy who cut you off that you can get right <laughs> behind them too, it, it, like you have to be strong to hit the brake. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and our culture tells us that's weakness, but it's yes. not. It's not. You're right. It's it's a true strength. It's a true strength, uh, in to 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 make a space, right? To create a space to to not. Uh, that is certainly. I mean, yeah. It, in a way, 
uh, people's dangerous driving should make us angry <laughs> because it's dangerous. Yeah, and it hurts. Right? If it, if it's true, if it's just stupid, it's like okay, you're an idiot. Like use your turn signal. But if it's truly dangerous, like yeah, that that like people's lives are at stake here, right? This should in some way make us angry. But like, like you said, you you can't shame people into change. You can't tailgate somebody to make them not be a bad driver. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I never. Right? Oh, you're right. Work. You know what? I right. never thought about oh, that. You Thank know, you that for telling me. Right, that person is so close to me. Gee, I should really change the way I drive. You know, it's just. Yeah. It's like the like you know, it, turn the other cheek. It's that kind of uh, unnatural wisdom, right? Where if somebody, yeah. you know, is demanding of you, then you go to this extraordinary generosity, right? So if somebody's a bad driver, you don't bad drive at them. You know, <laughs> yeah. you 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 hit your brake. You create yeah. space, right? You give yourself peace. Was it Gandhi? Um, the um, an eye for an eye leaves the whole world blind, or something like that, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah I don't know who said that, but yeah, definitely. But what about people who who switch lanes without putting their blinker on? Can we leave them? Can we at least shame them? <laughs> no, I'm just playing. But man, it's just like, and then they don't look right. They put the blinker on, and then they just like you're 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 facing straight, right. and they just turn without look. Oh no, okay. Right. No, even them. Oh right. man, unfortunately. Yeah, I know. That's some great stuff because. Uh, I, I remember hearing about meekness, right? That's what we're talking about, like meekness. Mm, and I remember yeah. um, hearing it explained that meekness, the actual word, right? The I don't know, uh, Greek or whatever, whatever it is, the, the meekness back then, the way they understood it was kind of like a, it, it referred to a war horse. A war horse was meek. And in the battle, right, when there's all mm. these people fighting and swords and arrows and all this stuff, you don't want a horse who's all on their emotions and running away and, and fighting. You want a war horse that's steady, mm -hmm. that their emotions are under check. That's a leader. You don't want to follow somebody. Like, oh, my goodness, what's going on here? Let's get, you know, that's all running with their head chicken. You don't want, <laughs> that's not a leader. Meekness. Meekness. Uh, it refers to a war horse. And it's so hard in our culture, especially me. I'm 36 and I grew up in the keep it real culture, right? Like, nah, nah, that you got to keep it real. You got to keep it real. So it's like somebody disrespected you. Uh -uh, I'm not going to stand for it. Like, yeah, my people my age in their, you know, uh, late 20s to late. We grew up in that era. It's like, nah, you better not let somebody punk you. You got to punk them. Mm -hmm. You got to, you know, punch the guy and all. You got to do this. And uh, that's a culture. It's not meek. It's really weakness. They're like, oh, you're just scared. Oh, you're just, you're there. Um, it does take really, big strength to do that so mm -hmm. i really like that practical anger unfortunately even with people who don't put their blinker on to so don't look but um <laughs> one of the other sins people struggles with and and me included definitely uh selfishness right Be being selfish man of course you know no surprise uh one, one of the greatest saints um really one of the best theologians in the last modern you know what are we 22nd century wherever at uh the blessed pope saint great so many titles uh john paul the second um and, and referring to the law of the gift where he quotes as saying man cannot fully find himself mm. except through a sincere gift of himself can you talk about that people who are struggling with the sin of uh selfishness in the confessional man cannot find himself until he makes an authentic gift of himself mm -hmm. yeah yeah I mean, that's the that that's the logic of the gospel again. You know, it's like, what what is the profit of man to gain the whole world and lose his soul? Yeah. Um, the greatest thing someone a man can do and is lay down his life, you know, for his friends. Um, yeah, JP, two and his wisdom, you know, the 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 law of the gift that in giving ourselves away, we will truly find ourselves. 
Um, and I, I think that's the point of the two major vocations, right? Marriage, you know, your sacrament, holy matrimony is you've got a spouse uh, and then you've got your kids, right? Yeah. And everyone constantly needs something from you. Oh, right? yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? yeah, that's ain't that the so, truth. Either huh. either you grow bitter and angry uh and snappy and life is miserable grumpy or and, yeah like dad's yeah. always grumpy well, when he comes home from right. a 10-hour shift and 11 an hour right. in the traffic driving and comes right. home dad he looked at me no he grabbed my toy and all this stuff yeah right. the wife is well, oh. right or or you realize that it's not about you right yeah. and, and you yeah. see it all as a joy and you do it out of love and you give yourself away and you give yourself away. Now you can't give yourself away 24 hours a day, seven days a week, right? That's what Sundays are for, right? That's the mm, day rest. Uh, to rest. Yeah. To give yourself away, to, to represent that uh, presence of Christ in the world, to go um, where you're sent, right? To go maybe even not where you're wanted, <laughs> but where Jesus wants to be, Um and to to listen to the needs of others and respond to them. And yeah, it, it, it can be done half-heartedly, it can be done begrudgingly. Uh, but we can when you can accept uh your assignment, we can accept your your mission uh with love and, and do it with as much love as you can, then yeah, it, it really does does bring joy. I think that's part of my I mean, there there are several facets to my catchphrase to kind of wrap it up here, but the <laughs> yeah. best day ever, you know, to not wrap it up and bring it back to the start, uh, is that, yeah, I I I've been called. I mean, not only as a friar, you know, as friars, we're called to service and, um, you know, maybe apostolic ministries that people will see, and if not that, at least we have our life of prayer, right, which is yeah. its own service to the to the world and to the church and offering up that sacrifice of our time and our heart and praying the Psalms as Christ did. Um, but then, yeah, as friars, we get to do ministry as priests. We get to do all kinds of amazing things. And yeah, just today I was, uh, I had the gift to go here in San Antonio to this, uh, this travel center where uh, San Antonio is one of the main hubs for the people to get picked up at the border as they're traveling oh, okay. to other places, as they're traveling to other places in the United States. And uh, myself and brother Jose went down there and we just spent about an hour and just prayed the rosary with people and talked to them and found out where they were from and where they were going and listened to their stories. And um, yeah, just tried to pass on the the wisdom and the simplicity of the prayer of the rosary. So when you're doing the rosary, I, you can have a lot of things illuminated to you, uh, especially if you open up yourself and you give that gift. Um, I want to play our last little clip that we had it's actually from the same show uh the a recent catching foxes episode with, with with the good doctor um and we'll go from there let me play this clip and um but one of the mo things that he talked about was like like for me like overeating emotional eating drinking all this stuff is a way of punishing yourself he's like like you like if you had a friend who stopped brushing their teeth and brushing their hair and taking showers you go to them and be like dude what are you doing like, go, go, like, come on, like, take care of yourself. Like, come on, like, I'll, I'll go, I'll buy you a toothpaste. Like, what do you need? And he's like, you'll be more compassionate for a friend yeah. than you will be for yourself. Yeah. And I think Jordan Peterson probably said that too. But like that notion of like, you externalize, like, if you realize like, this is actually what you're doing, you're hurting yourself. And, uh, you know, it is funny to think of like chronic addictive masturbation as a form of 
I mean, the the old spiritual masters called it self abuse for a reason, right? Like exactly. How that is fascinating as a, a form of cutting. Wow. Yeah, it's like who who doesn't know the letdown feeling uh, that happens right after you finish with the act? That it's like anybody who's stuck in that cycle knows what's about to happen. And I think that's when I, when I mentioned earlier about them talking about this uh, self harm and. I think we have to be gentle with ourselves. And again, anyone who knows me, like I'm always worried about being on the two extremes of the right and left. And I don't mean just, I'm not talking like politically American, like right, left. I mean, you know, on the left side where maybe some people are are too, like there's no such thing as sin. And it's like, we're all going to heaven and there's no sin and whatever. Uh, you can do whatever you want, you know, be compassionate. And then on the other side, it's like, no, you're going to hell and no, you're, you're, you're a horrible person and this and that. And, you know, sin's evil. And, and it, of course it is. But what I mean is those two extremes is I'm always worried about like walking that line. So when I say this, like understand sin is bad. We have to get rid of it. We must fight against it. And, um, you know, especially children and not exposing children to this stuff and, and not going with our culture, the way it's, the, 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 the lunacy they're going with. Um, but at the same time, I think a lot of people need healing. And if, if you, we don't heal ourselves, I really do believe that, that there are certain people and I'm not judging their heart. I'm just saying from, um, the wisdom of the church or the wisdom of psychologists and, and, um, common sense and experience, you, you do notice that some certain things, it looks like they're punishing themselves, you know, just for instance, when they have like, uh, drag queen story hours and stuff. Um, it's like the, the Fulton Sheen kind of talks about this, um, like you're given, uh, even in scripture, right? He gave them into their sin. It's like, no, do they really want all the the the, the sexual uh, um, capades and and all this stuff like that? Like they're giving into that. That's horrible. Like that doesn't sound good. Like going and sleeping around with anyone and everyone and doing all that sounds like hell to me. It, it may be a form. I don't want to play psychologist, but it may be a form of externalizing what you're struggling with and punishing yourself so saying uh of course there's people that that will pride themselves in being uh what's the word uh, promiscuous oh yeah you know i have all these girlfriends or i have all these boyfriends are you really happy i don't oh you know i am i am i love it i don't want to get married i don't want to i don't think so i really don't think so i think it's a self of punishment we are wounded obviously and we we want deep down inside of us we're always going to want healing in a, in our in our true self but our, our false self our wounded self can be so strong and and so alive uh, in killing us um you know sometimes we we get so much in a cycle or a pattern or a style of life that we can't even imagine another way of living yeah and it's kind of that balance between free will, which we all have and can never be taken from us versus never having been exposed to another way of life or even thinking that it's possible. Um, you know, there's that phrase that you know, like Pink Floyd made popular, like uh, comfortably numb, oh. <laughs> you know, like uh, 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 Good song. I'm, wo I'm wounded. <laughs> yeah, I'm in my wound, but I know my wounds and I'm in it and. I can see a place where I live without wounds, but it yep. looks pretty scary getting over there. And it probably hurts more to get there than it does hurt of being stuck in the shame cycle. So eh, 
you know. So I, I, <laughs> uh, real quick, I'll just try and give an example of like this. So uh, my parents were married for seven years and then divorced uh, when I was three years old. And uh, my dad left and I really had almost no contact with him for 12 or more years. And as I got older, I just couldn't fathom how this was possible. Like, how did the guy of all the guys in the whole world who's supposed to take care of me have nothing literally almost to do with me? I just I couldn't fathom it. But then the more I learned about his upbringing. Yeah. uh, So his mom. Uh, my grandma was married five times to four guys. <laughs> wait, <laughs> she tried math, to wait. Oh, right. oh, oh, the math is. <laughs> she, I'm not the. I know, right? Math. Does it, like, she? <laughs> she got married to the same guy twice. She's like, oh, well, it didn't work. I, it didn't work that, last yeah. time, but I'll try him again. You know, so. <laughs> yeah. And they all drank, and yeah. she drank, and they all ran as soon as there was problems. Mm. So what yeah. did my dad do when he got married? Only what he, he drank. Knew. And as soon as there was a problem, you ran. So it's yeah. like, okay. He still has his free will. He still made that choice. Sure, but yeah. it's almost it's almost like he he couldn't imagine any other way of life. Yeah. Yeah. And I think we get that like it we we get stuck in that kind of same pattern in in our other sins. You know, it could be habitual masturbation, like they were talking about on the clip, or it could be anything, you know, it's just we're we're in it. It's comfortable. It's what we do. We know it's wrong. We still have our free will, but it's just so, yeah, uh, it's so seemingly impossible to break out of that rut. That, uh, you know, I I tell people that conversion is a lifetime process, right? Yeah. <laughs> and if so, if you're still alive, <laughs> then you still got a day <laughs> to convert, you know, and grow closer to the Lord. So I think that's uh, that's one of the saintly virtues that God calls forth from us is that perseverance. That knowing that God is bigger than our sins, and even if we commit them when we don't want them, um, I don't somehow God is bigger than all of that, and not to give up, but to persevere and, and to do it humbly. So. That reminds me of in Scripture, right? Like the question is actually asked, and if you meditate on that, uh, when Jesus is like, "Do you want to be healed?" Remember when he asked mm. that question, like why would he say why would he ask like of course he went right it wasn't a leopard right it was laying on the mm-hmm. side or something and they're like mm-hmm. do you want to be healed and it's a question mm-hmm. right it's like wait a minute you think about that there's a reason why it's phrased like that it's like do you want to be healed are you uh comfortably com- comfortably numb hey there <laughs> is there anyone here? i'm gonna start singing it yeah but yeah so i really love that that you see that in holy scripture it makes yeah. sense and you can you that's why i tell people who you know there's people who don't believe and and they're like oh the bible's dumb they don't know any wisdom i was like no there's so much wisdom in scripture even what we're talking about 2023 with internet and all these different modern day stuff that we deal with it there's still wisdom in that like do you want to be healed or are you comfortably numb i think that's very um very great wisdom wow wow this was amazing i think you helped a lot of people um with these three sins and again we couldn't go into every single sin but i just thought it would be good to have an episode uh about um uh, heavy on mercy and heavy on the the uh, pastoral nature of doing that because i think again Mm -hmm. 
uh, I have to say this, I repeat it myself, but I'm not excusing sin, right? Nobody, I'm just not like, oh, he's changing, he's going soft. No, I, again, I, I fight against <laughs> all this horrible stuff, especially with the children, our culture. We need to fight. Uh, we, we can't be cowardly. Like, there's people that don't say nothing about nothing. It's like, no, but we need that healing and we need to understand that the enemies with the, the spirit, right? That child that's doing whatever they're doing, you know, drag shows. You know, again, not excusing that free will, like you said, but at the same time, maybe they were abused. Uh, there's a lot of that statistically. They were hurt. Um, the people at church, they hated them. You know, they scared them away. Um, uh, they grew up in this toxic environment. Their parents knew no nothing better. They, they were atheists, whatever, whatever it is. Uh, we do have to have love and compassion for people. Um, so I just thought we need to do like a, a very heavy uh, on the side of healing, Jesus is the divine healer. And I, I think he's the only one that could help us. Cause what did they say? Hurt people, hurt people, right? Hurt people, hurt people. So, um, father Brandon Burke, thank you for joining me once again. It's always good to have you on. Um, uh, is there anything you want to say? Anything going on? Anything you want to plug? I know, um, you had the brother's hut, you guys going off and on and do little hiatuses and, uh, brother, brother Vinny, um, anything, what's, what's going on on that side? Anything you want to plug? Uh, away? yeah, we're on a, a uh, hiatus right now with uh Vinny being in Colorado and myself mm -hmm. being here in Texas. Yeah, we're, we're hoping uh, God willing to reunite uh this summer as Vinny comes back to San Antonio. Oh, great. And uh get that ball rolling. We'll, we'll get him on the podcast all three of you guys. Yeah, or yeah, you Vinny me. Yeah, yeah, Dusty will bring. Yeah, so that should that that'll be a plan. That's in the works. Yep. <laughs> um no, just thanks again for having me on the show and uh, I'm glad you're doing well and you know, we should do some, I always think, uh, not always, but when I'm on your show and we talk about something, I feel like we should wrap it up with like some geekdom, you know, yeah. like a follow through. Yeah, yeah. And I don't know if anything comes to your mind, but I was thinking of the, that story of the, uh, Jesuits in Japan. I think it's called silence. Oh yeah. I uh, love that. and that guy, keeps, yeah. that guy, that one oh. guy keeps <laughs> sinning and he keeps trying to go to confession and it's a, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot wrapped up in that. And it's a long movie just to get to that point. But uh, also, uh, Les Mis. Oh, yeah. There's uh, some pretty good redemption scenes in there and some things that we could talk yes. about from, you know, changing, you know, uh, Jean Valjean takes on this new attitude, but then he admits who he was and goes through yeah. some struggles. So, um, yeah, maybe we could think about that. I definitely want to do silence. I've been wanting to do that for a while. Okay. Uh, it's always been on my mind, silence, because you know, Mars Scorsese, you have yeah. uh, Adam Driver, um, right. you have um, uh, what, what's Spider Man, Spider Man number two, Andrew uh, Garfield, okay. Andrew Garfield. Yeah, it, it's a really great movie, and I, I that's been on my mind to do a, a a movie analysis about that. There's so much stuff yeah. to talk about, but yeah, that's yeah, there's a lot was. more than just the the guy requesting exactly. confession again. <laughs> it's but, funny, yeah, it's a uh, comical one. We can he reluctantly he still like forgives him, like that one scene <laughs> right. at the end. When he does it, almost like shushing him away, like, oh, right here. Right. It's like, oh, man, that's so funny. <laughs> well, once again, this has been Faith, Reason, and Geekdom. If you guys could help support us, uh, we'd appreciate it. Uh, if you guys, Spotify, Apple, subscribe, leave a five-star rating. And, of course, as always, uh, pray for the show. Pray for me. Pray for Dusty. Uh, pray for Father Brandon Berg as well. It's always appreciated because this lives forever in Internet land. So whenever you hear this, it could be this could be the year uh, 2042. You hear this, pray for us. Stop what you're doing and pray for us. Prayers go outside of time and space. So that's always great. Once again, I am Roger. And I am Father Brandon Berg, OFM Cap. God bless y'all. God bless you. Good night. God love you.